What's going on, Spooky fans? This is your chillin' host, Ruben. You gonna make lemonade in your pants? Hi, this is Quinn. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Spooky Husband Mystery Hour. This month is actually a really special month for me and for, I hope for all of you Spooky fans as well as Q, that we are gonna be doing a special theme for the full month. And I'm so excited because also this is my birthday month, so I, uh... I tend to get a little bit more excited with this. But this month here, we're actually going to be paying homage to all of the classic cinema monsters out there. The so OGs. each week, we're going to have some, some movie marathons, uh, maybe multiple movies, don't know yet. But they're all going to be focused around the original monsters. So this week, we actually went with a movie called Silver Bullet. Yeah. Stephen King's 1985 Silver Bullet. But before we start that movie... Uh, I do also want to let everybody know, like I just said, it is my birthday month, so I am going to be releasing a special prize out for uh, for one of our spooky fans. We're going to be releasing a grab bag, a goodie, a Halloween goodies, that will post next week during our next episode. And it's going to be a little contest, so maybe a little trivia, maybe a little questions. Don't know, you're going to have to check our Facebook out and uh, find out. Yeah, you'll actually have to go on the Facebook. Ooh, it's spooky. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, let's go ahead and jump straight into the movie. Like I said, this week's uh, feature film was Silver Bullet. Uh, It was made in 1985 by Stephen King. And it pays... uh, It starts off with this... With this, uh, actually, it starts off with this girl telling the story about her brother, yes. and which is really cool because you don't see this in a lot of movies anymore. Of that whole that different style of narr- narration, I guess. What would you say? Third party narration. Um, I, I want to say it's. I know all narration is storytelling, but it's more of a storytelling. Yeah. Um, the way that she tells this story is almost like she's telling a bedtime story. Yeah, like reliving it and telling it to somebody else. Yeah, she's like a. Reliable narrator instead of an unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, So it actually starts off with this girl, and her name is... Janie. Janie, that's right. Yeah, Jane. And her brother, Marty. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And Janie's telling us the story of pretty much this weird-ass occurrence that happened with her brother, Marty. Yep. Uh In their town, Tarkers Hill. Yep. And the essentially summer of death that they had to face. Yes. So it all started in the spring of 1976. Marty is a paraplegic? Paraplegic, yes. Yeah, paralyzed par- from the waist down. Yep, he's a paraplegic, but he's got the sick-ass wheelchair. I'm sorry, okay. that, that, shit was, that shit was awesome. <laughs> he, that was awesome. He has a wheelchair that has like a dirt bike motor on it. And I don't know if this makes me sound ableist or whatever, but in the beginning of this movie, when he comes rolling up in this dirt bike wheelchair, I said, if he doesn't zoom away from a werewolf at any point in this movie, I'm going to be pissed. And we'll see if uh, at the end of this movie if I'm pissed or not. Yeah, very true, very true. So she's going about, and we kind of start getting to meet all of uh, all the characters. There's Marty, there's his, his friend uh, Brady, and everybody's kind of giving Jane, Janie a uh, not. I don't know. They're giving her kind of a hard time because she yeah she, she's supposed to be the one that protects and takes care of Marty yeah for everything and Marty's like. Doing his own shit, and then he tries to scare his sister with a snake. Yeah. 
which causes her to fall into a puddle of mud and her to call him a booger, which I'm, I I don't know history like that, but I guess booger was a bad word because people keep calling each other booger in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Also, I, I don't know, but I would think so. Some of those, some of the words that we say now is bad words was not, that, that was too extreme back then. Yeah. Way too extreme. I remember when fart knocker was a bad word. I remember fart knocker. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. So Jeannie gets, she's pissed. She She's pissed off at Marty and she's pissed off at her family for her always having to be a, like his, his babysitter. And they get to the house and they're like, okay, help your brother get out of the car. Don't be mad about the little things in life. And <laughs> I love that she is so pissed that she's like, I'm taking the whole family down with me. She pulls him out of the car and she's like, yeah, your Uncle Red's coming to visit. He's an alcoholic and he's getting another divorce because he's an alcoholic. <laughs> like, she's just like, and mom's pissed off at him because he's an alcoholic. So she's just like, I'm pissed off and I'm taking everybody out with me. You're all going down. <laughs> and you know why she was telling him that too, right? It's because Marty looked up to Red. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she was he trying was, to like. Yeah, she was like, oh no, I'm going to hurt your spirits kind of thing. Oh, so my favorite part of this movie in the beginning was before we even are introduced to our main characters, we already have a beheading. Yeah, very true. We didn't even talk about that. So it started off in the spring, like I said, and everybody was kind of just nonchalant about this death because it happened to the town drunk. Yeah. He, he got beheaded, which I'm sorry. How do you how do you not find it's weird to get beheaded? And they were like, "Oh, he fell asleep on the train tracks." You've never done that, Ruben? I mean, I would, I would feel like if you got if you fell asleep on the train tracks and you got ran over by a train, your body would be more crushed, not just a clean slit from your neck. Depends on where you fall. Really? You yeah. think so? I yeah. know. I mean, there, there should have still been crushed larynx. There should have been broken bones. There should have been anything else, not just a slash mark. Well, no, because if you, so if you lay down on a train track. It's just the wheels that are going over your head and the weight and the speed because it's just metal on metal. So it's hot. So it just and automatically mean, cauterizes the wound. I guess. I don't know. I just feel like there would be a lot more damage to the body. I don't know. I fall I asleep know. on train tracks all the time and I've never been decapitated. So I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, very true. That's my favorite nap spot. But but everybody <laughs> in the town was like, oh, don't pay it two minds because he was the town drunk. You know, doesn't matter. Um, and while Jeannie, they're, they're kind of hanging around in town there's a big celebration happening she sees this couple fighting and the lady's like it's your baby and you know you have to take responsibility and the guy tells her leave me alone it's not my baby i don't care well we get to the night after they've had this little fight and the pregnant lady is going to kill herself unalive herself um and i love how you said unalive yourself She's up in her room while her mom plays the piano, which I love these 80s movies where people just have pianos and they're just, they play them at their leisure. That's cool. Um, she pours out a bunch of pills and she's going to commit suicide and the werewolf appears, jumps to the window and kills her. Mm -hmm. Her mom runs up and is like, oh shit, sees her dead, screams. But did you notice what the mom did beforehand when she heard already like ruffling upstairs? She looked for a gun. Yeah, first. she already got her gun and everything. She was like, I was like, wow, is this Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I live in Texas. <laughs> yeah. We can we can say stuff about Texas you can't. <laughs> and this is this thing brought up my my favorite thing about werewolf movies is when they attack, they do this like gravity defying jump 
and it makes me smile every time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that leap. They kind of like fly through the air. The next morning, we see that Marty and his friend Tammy are coming back from school. And she tells him, oh, I'm, I'm scared to go past that house by myself. I'm glad you came with me. What was her accent? This girl had the weirdest, like, everybody else had a non-regional accent. Like, you couldn't tell where they were from. And this Tammy girl's like, I'm so glad you drove me past the house. And it's like, where did that come from? You're the only person in town with an accent? <laughs> Fucking Ellie Mae Clampett over here. I don't, hey, come on. I don't know, but no, no, I, I know what you mean about the accent stuff, but I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know now. She, they come up to the house and her dad is uh, stereotypical and I'm making fun of her accent and then mine comes out. Yeah. Um, see? Her dad is a stereotypical redneck, I guess. And he comes out and he makes a comment about how Marty is paralyzed and... She tells Marty, she's like, I have to go inside, but I don't like going to that, the barn over there because I keep hearing growling and rustling in there. And she's like, he's like, oh, that's weird. Bye. I could check it out, but I can't. I can't because my, my chair will get stuck in my, the mud. Yeah. So time goes forward and it's, it's the next night or it's that night. And Tammy's dad is drunk watching TV and he hears the rustling. And he goes outside and he says one of my favorite lines in the movie. You bust up my pots, I'll bust up your ass, I'll get you with this salt shot. And he runs out there with his gun into the shed, gets attacked by the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Then pulls him through the floor and then impales him on one of the boards. Yeah, that was cool. That was no, so I'm not gonna cool. lie. That was actually pretty cool of a death that, that they did on that one. So the town kind of is like, uh... They're, they're, Mysterious murders. Yeah. We're, we have an issue now. We've got two people murdered in the last couple days. Yeah, they, they can't bring it up to like a uh, an accident or, you know. Yeah, so they're all in the bar like giving the ser- sheriff shit. Mm-hmm. And there's one guy that uh, pretty much is just wanting to – He it's kind of like he wants to make a lynch mob. Yes. I mean, he pretty much does. He he ruffles everybody up. He gets everybody super excited about everything, saying that the that the police officers aren't doing any of their jobs or anything like that. Well, they start doing a mandated curfew afterwards because um, from there, you can start seeing everybody kind of going home early and, you know, locking up their doors and everything while there's, you know, an investigation kind of going on. Because right. what, this is now the third death in probably about a week, maybe a week, two weeks, you know, like that's that's huge. Serial killer stuff. And Janie goes to go find Marty, and she finds him at the park with his friend uh, Brady. Yeah. And they're flying kites. So while they're leaving, Brady's like, no, I'm going to stay a little bit longer. You know, like, I don't live far away from here. And, of course, the camera zooms in on Brady, and you're like, what's going to happen? Well, they found his body. Brady's dead. Dead as hell. Mutilated, pretty much, and just torn to shreds in the park there. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. So his dad runs into the bar, and they have decided they're going to take what? What do they call it? Public, public, um, public justice. Public justice, which is a nice way of saying vigilante justice. Yep. And they say we're going out in the fields. We're going to find this this killer, and we're going to kill them because mm-hmm. the cops aren't doing anything. We'll take care of it. Well, as they're all running out in the street, the priest shows up, mm-hmm. and he's like, Reverend Low. Hey, guys, don't do that. That's not safe. Whatever, whatever. They, of course, go out. And, Reuben, what do we see when they go out hunting in the woods for the werewolf? 
they see the mystic smoke. Spooky fans. Spooky fans, if you guys remember our other episodes too, whenever you get fog or smoke or anything, that's just a really great, clear sign to go ahead and turn around and go the other way. My also concern with this, it's summertime. It doesn't get foggy in the summertime. Maybe it does when they are. Doesn't it happen a lot in Maine? I don't know. Yeah. Or San Francisco? I mean, the fog rolls in all the time. Yeah. Temperature change? Hi, you don't know? Um, you've never Stephen been? King, I need to know. Where is this this town? Located? Oh, that's right, because he's from Maine. Yeah, most likely most it's all in Maine. The, mostly all of his stories are from Maine. <laughs> okay, so are Mainlanders? Is that what people from Maine are called? I don't know. Are Mainers? I mean, <laughs> so if any, any of our listeners are Mainers, um, let us know. Yeah, you get fog in the summertime. Yeah, that that is an interesting thing to hear. These are as the town folks are vigilante justicing about in the woods. One of them get caught, gets caught in a bear trap, and of course we know. That's yeah. not good. Um, no. Being caught in a, a bear trap and spilling blood in the woods is like spilling blood in the ocean. The exactly. werewolf can smell it like exactly. a shark. And while the hunters and the vigilantes are all just kind of smearing about, they hear the growling and everything and they don't know where it's coming from until one of the hunters is like, it's below us. He's in, the, in fog. the fog. And one of the ladies with them goes, you gonna make lemonade in your pants? Yeah, because one of the guys is too scared to move, and he's like, I'm gonna, I gotta pee. <laughs> That's my second favorite line of the entire movie. Well, the werewolf does his little leapy thing, jumps out of the fog, and tears these people up. He literally rips one of the guy's faces off down the side in the middle. It's awesome. Yeah. No, they have... Again... The, these movies, 1985s, the 80s movies. The 80s movies have effects. They had some kick-ass effects. They had some really, really good effects. I loved this part because the the bartender has a bat. You see it throughout the movie, and it says the peacemaker. peacemaker. Yeah. Well, you see the bat come out of the fog, and you just hear the guy screaming. So apparently the werewolf grabbed the bat and just beat the hell out of this guy with his own bat. And from there... All the rest of the, the hunters leave. The guy that started up the whole lynch mob stuff, he's scared shitless and he leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, he pretty much leaves everybody there in the fog to die, yeah. which is really horrible. But only three of the people died, which is, is still sad, but at least it wasn't the whole group because there was like, what, 20 people that went? Yeah, it was a bunch. Yeah. Like, four cars full, at least. Uh, so they, they, of course, have another funeral. And while they're at the funeral, the priest kind of starts sweating and he looks out in the crowd and everybody turns into werewolves. And yeah, everyone him. starts with, yeah. And we find out that this is a dream that Reverend Lowe is having. Reverend Lowe, why are you having this dream? See, okay, I was misdirected by this movie. Okay. I think Uncle Red is the werewolf. Really? Yeah. Okay. It didn't start until they said Uncle Red's coming to town. You know, that is true. That is very true. Because Reverend Lowe, I don't know how long Reverend Lowe has been there. Exactly. And Gary Busey is Gary Busey. So. <laughs> uh, He's going to be like, what does that mean? Everyone knows what it means. I've seen this in real life. <laughs> uh, Red tells, uh, what's his name? Oh my God, I forgot. Marty. He says, hey, come look at this. I, I, I got you something. And he has modified his his chair and called it the silver bullet. It looks like a motorcycle. Yeah. It's like a little moped. Yeah, it's like a little moped. And he tells him, go take it for a spin, but don't tell your mom. And this kid hauls ass. Like, zooming. He's a runner. He's a track star. 
on this damn thing. He's hauling ass. Well, he gets back and, and Uncle Red says, hey, I got one more thing for you before I leave town. I'm going out of town for a couple days or whatever. Here's uh, some fireworks. Stay by the house. Don't let your mom see him. Just hide him in the bushes. Yeah. So what does what does Marty do? I'm gonna go and what would drive. you do? I would pop them in the backyard. Yeah, I, that's what I would do honestly. But he doesn't decide to do that. He decides to go ahead and go to this bridge, and he sneaks out. Sir, you don't have legs. <laughs> You can't walk, and you're sneaking out of your home when there's a killer on the loose. Think. Think. Use your thinker, not your talker. <laughs> he sneaks out, and he's shooting these fireworks, having a good old time by himself. Yep. And who should be alarmed by the fireworks but Zewerwolf? Zewerwolf. Zewerwolf. Yes, you see Zewerwolf. He is kind of hiding, not hiding, hiding, but... I guess he's he was there in the area, and he got disturbed by the, uh, the fireworks. And so he starts seeing Marty there, and he's he's pretty much like, all right, I'm ready to kill him. Like, let's go. And Marty does the, I mean, he does a smart thing. He sees the werewolf, lights one of the firecrackers, and fires it at him. It ends up pinging him right in the eye. We need to get, get this kid a scholarship to be a sharpshooter, because shooting somebody directly in the eye with a bottle rocket... Yeah, that was that was some pinpoint accuracy right there. And this is where I get to see my 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 dream for this movie was achieved at this part because he hits the gas and he just zooms away on this fucking wheelchair and it was the best thing ever. Like I wanted to hear Benny Hill music yeah, as he's that's what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah, no, that's the exact same thing that my brain went through whenever I saw that part. But, so the next day, he's there. He's pretty much terrified there in his bed of what's, what he saw, what happened. So, he tells his sister, like, hey, this is what's going on. And, lo and behold, his sister believes him. Which is really actually kind of cool, because you're like, nobody's going to believe me. Yeah. Nobody's going to believe me. I already called Uncle Red. Uncle, and Uncle Red, Red doesn't believe me. didn't believe me. You know, he didn't say, he said Jack. And... So from there, she starts to go around and starts pretty much looking at everybody in the town and asking for cans and donations and everything for for this, uh, for, I guess, raising charity. It was almost like UNICEF, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah, pretty much. And really what she's doing is she's scoping out the town. She's trying to see who can who's, has a bad eye. What's going on? What's happening? Yeah. You know, so as she's going through everything, she's she goes through everybody pretty much that's there in town, through all the shops, through everything, and she doesn't find anybody that has any any markings, any any eye gouging. I don't know. Yeah, what to call nobody's it. missing an eye. Nobody's missing an eye patch. Injuries. That's why I couldn't think of the word injuries for a sudden. I don't know why, but she but nobody has any injuries. So she finally makes it to the church, and she tells the reverend like, "Hey, I'm here to drop off my all my." Off all my stuff. I can't talk. Why are we having such problems with accents right now? I don't know. But the reverend tells her, yeah, go ahead and drop all of the bottles and the cans and everything in the shed. And, you know, go ahead and give me your tally mark and I'll get you all to squared away and taken care of. As she starts to pass him by, he looks, his, he looks up and he has an eye patch on. What could that mean? Like, okay, I'm not going to lie. I got to this part, and I was a little stunned. I was not thinking that it was him when the first time I saw this movie. 
I love any movie where a religious person is portrayed as evil. <laughs> I can't explain it, but I love it. <laughs> oh, cute. So the priest, the priest is evil. Yes. So Janie takes all of the cans and everything to the shed. And while she's there, she's like, kind of like, this is weird. Why does he need this much cans and aluminum and all this stuff? And she sees a mouse and gets scared and falls on this pile of cans, revealing the bat, the peacemaker. And that was the bat that was pretty much torn to shreds uh, from the guy that was killed. As she puts it, it looks like it was used by Bigfoot as a toothpick. Yep. Now, I learned something interesting about prop baseball bats this morning before we started this episode. Okay. Before we watched the movie. Prop baseball bats are made out of balsa wood, which is a very soft, like very malleable wood. Mm -hmm. So what they do in movies is they make a bat out of it and they cut nicks in it. So when you hit somebody, it shatters. shatters. That's so cool. Yeah, see, special effect props like that is just, it's awesome. I love doing those. Thanks, TikTok. Thank you, TikTok. (laughs) Uh, And so from there, she leaves real quick, tells Marty what, what she found, and they both go up to Red and tell Uncle Red... This is what's going on. This is what's happening. He still doesn't believe them. He still thinks that they're liars. He still thinks that they're just this crazy, crazy, crazy people. And they decide, you know what would be best? How we could get rid of our werewolf problem? Let's send him serial killer notes telling him to kill himself. That'll work. (laughs) And we know who you are. Get out of town. Kind of thing like that. I mean, no. I was going to say, I was trying to think of a positive uh, positive side to that one, but no. as a kid, yeah, no, I, can, no. I can imagine being like, "Oh yeah, that, that's totally gonna work. That's correct." Yeah, like this is the way to do that. Yeah, okay, I can see that as a kid, but no. And the priest is pretty much getting all of them, and he's like, "Oh, it's on. We're about to fight. We're about to fight hard." You done messed up, a a Ron. <laughs> pretty much. And so from there, Marty's driving home on his silver bullet moped scooter thing. And who comes up behind him in their car? But the priest. But the priest. The priest then tries to run Morty off the road. He almost knocks him off the bridge. He gets gets really close. He gets really close to killing him. Yeah. So Marty runs and he finds his... Wait, can he run? (laughs) That is ableist. I apologize on behalf of Ruben. <laughs> he rolls very quickly. There you go. Down a path uh, to a bridge that's been abandoned because it's it's broken. It doesn't support weight. And he kick, takes a quick left turn to run up, uh, run through the bridge, and not get hit by the car. And the priest runs off the road past him. And when he gets on there, the priest is like, "Oh, I got you now. Mm-hmm. You're trapped here." And a farmer happens to be passing by the other side of the bridge. He screams for help, and when he gets there, the priest is, the priest is gone. Mm-hmm. He's already back in his car and driving away. Yeah. So, Marty decides the only solution is we have to do a silver bullet. Yeah. We have to make a silver bullet. So, But there's one thing that you also uh, kind of missed whenever that happened. Whenever he got on there, he started – the priest started telling Marty, like, oh, yeah – we had to free him of his sins. That's the reason the... The pregnant lady, he said she was going to kill herself, so that's, that's I had to murder too. her. I had to murder her so she would still be able to go into the house of God and, yeah. and everything. And you kind of start seeing how he has this weird um, hero-survivor complex. Yeah, he has this this weird... He's rationalizing it. Yes, yeah. 
Every killing that he's done, it had to have been done. You know, he talked about the three killers of them taking the law into their own justice when they had no no right to do anything like that. So, of course, they had the right to die yeah. from there, you know? And now that Marty knows and he's enabling suicide. Then he's going to have he to fall off the bridge. He has to die as well, you know? And he's going to have an accident. And so from there, that's whenever he screamed and, and called the farmer. The other farmer. And then the farmer pretty much saved him. Yeah. So um, Marty goes to Red and says, here, take my, my silver pendant necklace and get a silver bullet made. Mm-hmm. And Red's like, all right, just to humor you and your sister, I'll get you a silver bullet made. And even the guy who makes the bullet is like, yeah, you're going to use this for a werewolf. Yeah, you're going to go kill a werewolf. And yeah, and Gary Busey is still, Red is just like, okay, this is so freaking weird. I don't understand. Like, I don't really believe it. Until he sees Marty's bike and sees the paint that is from the car. Yeah, it's a blue paint. He uh, yeah, calls Jamie and he's car. like, hey, what color is, is Lowe's car? Blue. That blue. color blue. That color blue. So Uncle Red goes to the sheriff and says, hey, I, I know you're not going to believe me, but can you at least just look into it and just yeah. look into the priest? This is what happened. This is a story that I was told. Can you Can you see this? And the sheriff goes to the priest's house and starts looking around, and he sees on the car the red and silver paint job from Marty's bike. So that's when he's like, oh, this is weird, and he starts going into the shed. From there, he's looking at all the cans again, and straight from the rafters, here comes Reverend He does uh, a Reverend job. <laughs> no, no, he just comes right, he comes walking around, he's like, what you doing? What's going on? And from there, they start talking. Oh, excuse me. Had a burp. And from there, they start talking about just, I guess, it, not like random stuff, but they were kind of talking a few moments. And that's when the Reverend started to change. In this was front so of cool. Him because he hits him over the head first with, with the Peacemaker, with the broken bat. Yes. And then he starts changing, and you're like, it's not the full moon. It's not the full moon. What's happening? What's going on? Like, werewolves are only supposed to change during the full moon. Lies. That's actually not even true. A lot of werewolves can actually change periodically throughout time frames it's just they're more amped up yeah when they when, when it gets they get overpowered yeah. yeah maybe he's quailute he's what quailute it's the indian tribe or oh. native american tribe like, from on, twilight I, I was like i know that word but i don't <laughs> you're a dork and so he ends up beating the the sheriff down and the next day you see red talking with the kids again and they were like don't you think now it's strange that you went and talked to the sheriff, the sheriff went to go check him out, and now all of a sudden the sheriff has been is missing? A little fishy. A little fishy. You know what? No, we're going to have this. We're going to stay up. We're going to do this. He's coming for me. I know he is. And not because I know who he is or not because I've, I've – I've, um, what, what was the word he said? Um, I've called him out. Yeah, not because I called him out or anything, but because – He's a werewolf. Yeah, because he, cause he's pretty much pissed off at me. It's like whenever you play a game and you just keep messing with the killer and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to come after you first. I'm focusing I don't even on care. you. Yeah. And that's pretty much what happened. So the next day, Red, Janie, and Marty are there in the living room. They're kind of waiting. and Oh, it's... you missed kind of an important part. Oh. Um, they get his parents. They get um, yeah, the parents out of town. parents out of town. By telling them that Red has won a trip and since he's divorced, he can't go on a trip for two. So they they're leaving town for Halloween for the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they go they go, they're chilling out in the house and they fall asleep. And 
Red wakes up when his cigarette burns his fingers. Yeah. So is I was like, Lord, Lord in heaven, come on now. And from there, Red kind of starts going out off of him again. Like, God, this is uh, I am not believing any of this. This is ridiculous. Just go to bed. Go I'll to bed. stay up just for you holding the silver bullet to make sure. Exactly. This is just dumb. Everything. And when that happens, that's whenever the werewolf attacks. You see him in the in the window. And the light power gets cut out. And so everyone's like, ooh, what's happening? What's going on? Ookie spooky. Ookie spooky. And <laughs> from there, you're expecting... Because you're hearing noise coming from like the kitchen area. And you're like, okay, the werewolf's going like, to come out of the kitchen. And they, they build up this scene so well, I honestly thought. I thought the werewolf was going to come like slow-mo out of like the dark. And you would just see like half of his face, like the eye and then yeah. the snout and everything. This motherfucker no. comes through the wall. Yeah, he fucking broke down a damn wall. You know what this reminded me of? This entrance? What? It reminded me of the werewolf from Cursed. The, the oh, one that yeah. pops out of the window and flips everybody off? Yes. That's what it reminded me yeah. of. I was expecting it. That was a good one, too. But the... Um, the werewolf beats the hell out of Uncle Red. Yeah. Throwing him aside pretty much back and forth against the walls. He throws the... He gets knocks the gun out of his hand with the bullet, and the bullet falls into a floor vent. Like it should. Like it always does. Like it always does. Well, Janie manages to get the gun, and Marty is reaching to get the bullet as best as he can. Well, they're all fighting, trying to get it. He finally gets it, and as the werewolf is running at him, little sharpshooter Marty loads the gun up and shoots the werewolf directly in his other eye. Yep. With a silver bullet. From there, the werewolf falls back down against the wall, and you're like, okay, he's he's kind of done. And you start hearing cracking noises, which I always thought this was like one of the coolest ways that they've transformed people was like you hear the anatomy of their bones like yeah. breaking and just like changing and stuff. I thought that was always so, so cool. I read Animorphs when I was a kid. Yeah. And they described the transformations as they could hear the sounds and everything. Uh-huh. And I've always thought that's such a cool effect in movies when people are transforming into another creature that you can hear it. Exactly. You know? I, I think it's just... I, what else would happen? You don't just go bloop. Yeah, it doesn't. You just don't like shed or anything. Yeah, it's not like uh, freaking Sailor Moon. You don't get naked and spin around in a circle and then <laughs> land. And oh, look, I'm a werewolf now. That's not how it works. No, damn. Magical I mean, but, girls, you failed and lied but to me. Listen, wouldn't that be perfect? Moon power makeup if you're a werewolf. Oh my gosh. Moon power makeup. Shut off. Oh, that's so bad. And anyways, anyways, the uh, the preacher changes back, and you start seeing him again. The fangs start getting uh, getting pulled back in. The claws are going back into his hands. The hair is thinning out. I thought this was so cool the way his snout. Yeah, was moving inwards. Yeah, and it wasn't like a it wasn't collapsing. It actually looked like it was transforming. Yeah, you know, I always wondered if it if they did these scenes like in reverse. Like they put as I was they were putting the makeup on him. Yeah, like they made it coming out, and then they just filmed it. Like they reversed the film of it coming back in. Yeah, you know, like stop motion reverse kind of thing. Yeah, That's I think so that would cool. be awesome. But now Red sees the the dead preacher there. He knows that everything that was pretty much was said was the truth. Yeah, and Janie kind of goes through it all and is like, you know, I never got along really well with my brother, but after this event, you know. I was always nice and said, you know, I do love you and everything. And and Marty um, Marty got hurt during the fight and um, 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Jenny says, hey, are you okay? And he says, yeah, I think I'm okay, except I I can't walk. No, he goes, I can't feel my legs. Yes, and it was like, (laughs) really? See, you you said my joke was bad. Like, damn. (laughs) Uh, So that was the movie. Um, And that actually was the end of the movie, you know. Okay, so after the werewolf died, everything kind of went back to to normal in that that town. Yeah. But, so, really quick couple things. Did you see Stephen King in this? Because usually he makes appearances in almost all of his movies. I think this one was one of the ones that was a little too old for him to make an appearance in. It's weird. Like one of his first ones? I don't know. He appeared in, he was in Creepshow. Yeah. He was in It, I believe. Yeah, he was in It. He was in Sleepwalkers, but he wasn't. He wasn't in uh, Night Flyer. He mm. wasn't in fourteen oh eight. No, because those ones are just short stories. Well, there were not novellas that were made into movies. Novellas. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's a short novel. It's a novella. Okay. Okay. I know. Okay. In this, the, okay. in the credits for this, they call it a novelette. Yeah. Uh, but all of them, like at fourteen oh eight, the series or everything's eventual. They're called uh, novellas. Yes. So, um, but no, he didn't appear in this. Did you see him? No, I didn't see him. I thought he was the farmer when Marty was calling for help. Yeah. That's what I thought. I also want to, um, after we give our ratings, I want to talk about uh, one of his other novellas that I really wish was made into a movie. Okay, okay. Um, I give this a three. You give this one a three? Three victims. Okay. It was really cool. I really liked it. Um, I don't know what I would change about it. If anything, it just it's a it was a good movie. It was would I watch it again? Probably not. No? No, but it was okay. it was fun to watch. I had fun watching it. I think if we wouldn't have had to watch it with commercials, it would have been much better. Yeah, I think so. I think the commercials kind of uh hindered us. We watched it on, on demand. Yeah, it was on AMC. Mm-hmm. So we had to deal with commercials. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, I'm kinda of with you on that one. This one was a, a three for me in my book, also. And I think it, like I said, it does pay good to the old style horror movies. Like in the 80s, the effects were good. The storyline was good. I liked it. I thought that the storyline had a nice twist and everything to it. I just, I don't know. I guess you would, nowadays you want more ampage? Yeah. It, it For a Stephen King movie, it was very tame. Yeah. Like I was expecting something else about it. You know what I mean? No, I see that. Um, but if Stephen King ever listens to this episode, there is a short story and I know you haven't read it, but our roommate Travis read it and we both agree that it is the scariest short story we've ever read. Okay. Which one was it? It's called The Road Virus Heads North. Okay. The scariest, I think it was like 20 pages I've ever read in my life. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's about a guy who buys a painting at a garage sale. And as he's traveling, he starts feeling uneasy, and he opens the trunk and looks at the picture, and the the monster that's driving a car in the picture is following his path. So, like, landmarks that he's passed, the monster is now, like, he passes the Golden Gate Bridge, and he stops past it, and he looks at the picture, and the creature's on the Golden Gate Bridge. That's creepy. And then he goes to his aunt's house on his way, and he stops at home, and when he gets home, it's... The monsters in front of his aunt's house. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so creepy. 
Uh, but I want that one made into a movie because 1408 wasn't good. And what, what was it called? The Road Virus Heads North. The Road Virus Heads North. Yeah. Okay. I know they made like a short little thing, like a little bitty episode type deal. For what? Uh, it was on TV at some point. I found it on YouTube once. Oh, I was like, what? Where? I yeah. don't remember seeing any of that. Um, but it was in it's in the... I think it's called Everything Eventual. Everything's Eventual was the name of the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the one with 1408 and some other book. I want to say Silver Bullet was in it. Or On the oh. Silver Bullet was in it. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Short stories that need to be made into <laughs> I want to read that short story now. Can you, you, can you, do you still have it? Do you still remember where it's at? I can look. I, I can like, try yeah. and find the book somewhere. No, yeah, if you do, let me, I, I want to read it. Yeah, if not, I ask Travis, I'm sure he still has it. We yeah. both hoard books, so <laughs> one of us is bound to have it. Oh, yeah, yeah, one of us will have it. <laughs> you have to have it. But anyways, so again, like you said, that was the movie. That was everything. I would I would suggest go check it out. It's, yeah. not, a, it's not a bad filler movie for the day, you know? Yeah, something to Especially watch. Especially if you're, if you're uh, wanting some old classic style out there. Yeah. But... I think that's that's all I've got for this week. Yeah, this I'm movie. A little... This movie was pretty much straightforward. There wasn't a lot of twists and turns on this one. No, not a lot of trivia no. either. Yeah, I didn't really find that much trivia on this one either. Let's see. Is there anything else we need to talk about? We talked no. about the prize. Yeah. And your birthday coming up, and it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Do y'all have a favorite <laughs> Halloween song? A spooky song? You, I do. I think I I have several. You have several? Okay, yeah, no. It changes year to year. Oh my god, then how is that? No, I usually have like just one that I listen to pretty much during the month of October. I have a whole playlist. I'll share my playlist. Yeah, go for it. That'd be awesome. I'm, okay, so I made a, sh- a playlist when I worked <clears> in a flower <throat> shop. And the boss was like, here's Spotify. You can play whatever you want as long as it doesn't cuss. And I was like... Oh, I'm making seasonal playlists, ma'am. <laughs> I made one for Christmas and for Valentine's Day, for Halloween. Um, I will share my Halloween playlist and y'all can hear all of my favorite Halloween songs. Dude, that is awesome. I'm excited for that one, too. Um, my current reigning favorite Halloween song mm-hmm. um, is Really Bad Boy by Red Velvet. Uh, they're a Korean oh. girl group. See, I don't know. I don't take that as a as a, as a Halloween, Halloween song, song. But the video is Halloween themed. I'll say that. Boo. See, watch I, the video. It's I, a werewolf. I have. I've seen, you've made me watch it like multiple times. And it's so cool. <laughs> I'm going with my favorite song is Season of the Witch by Lana Del Rey. Her version is incredible. It's amazing. I would say to go check it out. But as always, Spooky fans, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Make sure to uh, keep an eye on that prize of what's going on. And like I said, we're going to be releasing that info for it next week. And we're going to be announcing the winners the week of the 16th. Correct. Okay. And I will uh, will message the winner out. And, you know, we'll get you your prize and everything. Hopefully before Halloween. Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Very, very much so. But don't forget to tell your friends. Grab that popcorn. Grab a drink. And uh, snuggle up tight for this month's spooky movies and as always stay stay spooky. spooky